Blog Talk Radio. Reach the Pull up right there. You got it. Renegade. Why? Radio. I am Old Head and New Jack, swinging on the serious B-star of Sepidette, street minister and priestess, new African hippie juju woman I am, wearing dashikis over denims, mudcloth newsboy caps, sideways cocked over free-flowing locks. The spiritual mother messenger of power has returned, strong enough to go against the flow, product of my ancestors, yet my own trademark, launching my own publicity campaign. But my propaganda is not about me. It's about the hypnotized community which bought into the Everything's Cool commercials. See me and know I am your caffeine clarion call. The alarm clock you can't shut off. The sister blowing up your cell phone. The renegade voice outside your window screaming, Get up! Because it ain't just about waking up. It's about being about our business. Knowing that Dinkin's so-called beautiful... Sorry about that. That was uh, (laughs) a strange little intro that came on there that was left over apparently from one of the other shows we had going on there on the network. Hold on just a minute. We're going to be getting going. You actually have tuned in to Code Connection. This is Jesse Ann Nichols-George, and here we go. Here's our intro. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes and get our show started today. Om Shabbat Shalom, holy way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom, holy way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. I sense your presence. And I am the light within your soul. In the essence of truth and right, love makes the circle whole. And here we stand in line. Waiting for some sacred sign But to find the balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind And in the presence of my Lord of light and love Everything I see aspiring to be free when I call to thee And come on bending knee Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me with love And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Within and without Above and below, yeah East, west, north and south I sense your presence Without and within Below and above, yeah, yeah East, west, north and south I sense your presence I sense your presence. 
everything I find in tune with the divine. And here we stand in line, waiting for some sacred sign. But to find the balance is the purpose of this time. Restore the balance of the universal mind And I am the light Within your soul In the essence of truth and right Love makes a circle whole And when I call to thee And come on bending knee Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me with love For to find the balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind Your presence, I sense your presence, I sense your presence, I sense your presence. Om Shalom, holy way of the Most High. Om Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shalom. Holy way of the most high Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy way of the most high Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy angel of the most high and thank you for joining me here on Code Connection. My name is Jesse Ann Nichols George, and I am your hostess today. And the music you heard at the beginning of the show is I Sense Your Presence. It's by Shem Shai. And I want to extend a big welcome to everybody that's listening in today. I know this is a a show that's drawn a lot of attention, and so I know we've got some new people listening in today, but we've also got quite a few people who are returning because they've listened to the show before and they like what I do here. They like uh, some of the topics that we're covering and the different people that I have on. We uh, do stream live in three additional places, Talk Stream Live, Stream Finder, and Pen, known as Parent Counters Network, and I welcome everyone listening through those channels as well as those that are catching the show from our archives whether that be through iTunes, TuneIn.com, or through my YouTube channel. So, you know, definitely lots of options for catching the show, even if you're not available during the lifetime of the show. Now, during the show, what I do is I look at living a more compassionate life by aligning with your personal life code. And many times, or I should say about half the time this year, I'm going to have guests on the show, and that way it gives you a chance to learn about their work and other things that may be an option for your code energy. I also will be highlighting different musical artists along the way. Uh, again, this year I'll be lining up uh, eight musical guests that will coincide with the turning of the season. And uh, you'll get a chance to 
learn about their insights and, and how music drives them and music drives the different codes that are in our world. And we're also going to be delving into a variety of different topics, tools, resources, thoughts uh, that are shared that's going to allow for personal exploration, universal insights, transformation, enlightenment, all kinds of things, and expanding your perception on how life works. And, you know, that's, that's a great thing because as we allow for that expansion, as we allow to uh, explore different things and different sides of things and perceptions of things, uh, we definitely enhance our ability to function in this world. So in my own work, what I do is interpret a person's life codes, and that allows them to live a life filled with compassion. And I've created the Genesis Clearing Statement, which if you've missed that, you can catch that on some interviews where other people have interviewed me. And uh, that is available uh, through my website. You'll be able to, to catch up with that, jessianniclesgeorgethenumber1.com. And I have a, a section on there that is radio um, outside of the Main Street Universe page. And that's where I have shows where other people have interviewed me. And I do have some great interviews coming up uh, with Goddess Janice uh, on the 19th, as well as uh, Sarah Torrey coming up on the 19th, and a few others coming up at the end of this month. So <laughs> I've got a lot going on. You can check them out over on there. I've also authored four books, the most recent being You, Me, Life, Dreams, and its companion workbook, and my first two books, Activating Compassion and its companion workbook. In addition, I'm a collaborator on a fifth book called Embraced by the Divine, A Woman's Gateway to Power, Passion, and Purpose. And we're very excited about that because we hit international bestseller in multiple countries for that book on the Kindle version in the um, just the pre-release <laughs> And we're getting ready to release the paperback coming up here towards the end of this month. So you want to definitely listen in, pay attention to that. Um, and also you can follow what's happening with Embraced by the Divine through their website, embracedbythedivine.com. There's a lot of great gifts if you do go ahead and get into the book and lots of great offerings by all of the authors and collaborators that are involved in that project. In addition, I also do a multi-state nationwide tour, including workshops, retreats, seminars, book signings, and fundraising events. And I'm working on seeing if I can't branch myself into Canada. This year has been a little more of a regrouping year for me, at least uh, over the last seven months. And I'm, I'm working on regrouping in a way that I can be back out on tour full-time and, uh, and include Canada in that. So lots of things that are going to be coming up that you're going to want to follow up with and pay attention to and, and see what's happening. And, and right now I do have an event actually coming up towards the end of this month in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And even though it, we're going to see how the weather goes, sometimes the weather's not too bad and we can still do some things outside. Um, if, if we do run into some weather issues on that event, then we'll simply move it inside or we'll do something really interesting in our downtown section here um, that allows us to move in and out of buildings and not be in the cold all the time. So there's lots of options to catch up with me, lots of great things that are happening. And again, the best way to follow up on that is through my website, Jesse and Nichols George number one.com and I do want to just extend a reminder if you enjoyed the show today and I think you are because this is a really interesting topic that um, a lot of people find uh, that they'd like to know more about they, they're, they're here and listening today because we're going to delve into the, the codes of red flag operations and flag operations and what's that about so it's going to be an interesting show you're probably going to want to share it with people and you never know who's, who's going to be interested who's going to want to listen in and find out 
you know, what's going on with that. And they can always listen to it in our archives. They can use the same link that you use to get into the show um, that I use to come into it today and or that you use to come into the live show today. Or they can also, again, catch it at iTunes or TuneIn.com, which they'll find it through the Main Street Universe channel uh, on there and uh, also through my YouTube channel. So lots and lots of options. Now, before we get started on everything, what I like to do is I like to start off with a little uh, insight from Yehuda Berg uh, from his book, 72 Names of God, Technology for the Soul. And I love Yehuda. He's a great Kabbalah master. And I oftentimes will use this book in different things when I'm looking up things or just wanting to grab a little insight and, and work with things. And, and this whole system that he has proposed is a form of code. The, the Kabbalah system has a lot of different codes in it, um, which is one of the reasons I like to use it on the show. But he also brings things into everyday language, which I absolutely love as well. So the name of God that we have this week is called Order from Chaos. And I, I just love, I just turn the page each week, <laughs> and, the, and the one that I get always applies to the show that I'm doing, which is so fun. So Order from Chaos is the common name of God this week. And the little uh, message up front that he has is actually a quote from James Payne, and it says, I had never had a piece of toast particularly long and wide, but I fell upon the sanded floor and always on the buttered side. And he goes on to share his insights on this, and it starts with some quotes here. Anything that can go wrong will. The Nagel's Law of Dynamic Negatives. If there are two or more ways to do something and one of those ways can result in a catastrophe, then someone will do it. Edward A. Murphy, Jr., a.k.a. Murphy's Law. The chance of the bread falling on the, with the butter side down is directly proportional to the cost of the car, carpet. Jennings' corollary to Murphy's Law of Selective Gravity. The other line always moves faster. Etor's observation. There's never time to do it right, but always time to do it over. Muscomin's Law. Now, the numerical value of this particular name is seven, a highly significant number in Kabbalah. There are, say, seven, there are, say the Kabbalists, ten dimensions that form reality. And the highest of these dimensions, called the upper three, exist outside of our physical reality. The lower seven, however, directly interact with our physical world. And for this reason, the number seven turns up in many places. Seven colors of the spectrum, seven notes of the musical scale, seven seas, seven major continents, seven days in a week, seventh day of rest. Things can go dreadfully wrong in the world and our lives when these seven dimensions are out of alignment. And the meditation he goes on to give, and I love that, you know, it's interesting that it correlated with this show <laughs> on red flag operations, false flag operations, because it's a great thing for us to keep in mind that these things are happening uh, oftentimes because there's a, a lack of balance that's going on. It's an imbalance in the world. We've put too much in one direction. So we're going to talk about that too. Now, the meditation he goes on to give with this is harmony always underlies chaos. And with this name, balance and serenity are restored. Among the seven days of the week, order emerges from chaos. Not only will your toast not fall on the buttered side, it won't fall 
at all. And that's our message from Yehuda today. Now, you know, it's lots of fun. I do post this, by the way, on my page of the Main Street Universe job on my website. So you can go back and reflect on it during the week if you want. I also put up the the code message which uh, or code for the week, which I will be getting into in just a minute here, so I'll share that with you. But before I do that, um, I'd like to kind of get our thoughts going in a direction where where our show's about today and give you a little something to ponder uh, during our break and before we really delve into the big, heavy, meaty part of the topic here. So, you know, what are your thoughts about red flag or false flag operations? Are they about more than just a distraction? Are they crying wolf too often? And it seems like these days it is getting harder and harder to tell the truth from distortion than the flat-out lies. Although I will say that they, the, the lies are being exposed more and more. And however, part of my concern with all of this is, are people becoming too complacent about things at the same time? Now, of course, we don't want to run away with fears or in high reaction stages. Yet, on the other hand, complacency can put us in equal danger along the way. And the red flag and or false flag operations are something that we see more and more of. They've pretty much become commonplace in our world. In a way, it reminds me of the story of the boy that cried wolf. And when real danger came, no one would listen. However, this is only one piece that can be concerning when we look at these types of operations. And this is the piece that leads to people to dismiss what is happening in the world and to not know what is true and what isn't anymore. Now, the other piece that is important to keep in mind is that the way these things are so easily being dismissed and the platform of blaming that is happening within these operations. It is like children in a, you know, he said, she said, standstill sort of thing. And they both believe, since the truth will never fully be figured out, that they will never be held accountable or get into trouble as long as they both stand by their stories. Now, the key here is that if we are always dismissing these things as nothing, we can also miss the real point of all of these things. And what I mean by that is that while something may not be true um, or be a true attack, true things are still happening. So these red flags or false flags are often like a field practice for other agendas or plans that are being set in motion. And they oftentimes have a built-in scapegoat. It's kind of like an experimental recipe. You go to the kitchen saying, I want to create a dish that is hot and spicy. So you research some various ingredients that can create that. And then before serving the dish at a banquet, you share it with a few friends. However, perhaps you don't tell those friends that it is hot and spicy or has ingredients in it that they might be allergic to. Instead, you just watch what happens. Then, when all of their reactions, physically, emotionally, and mentally, have been displayed, you ponder and decide if there are any adjustments you want to make before serving to a larger group of people. Now, there are certainly many thoughts about these operations, and they range from fun and games, power plays, legal genocide, gaining control over the masses, and so on. And I love code interpretation for this very reason. When all these different concepts are out there, I simply take a look at how these things are coded, and it shares with me just what is really happening with it. Now, this can also vary depending on the location, the cultures, 
or groups of people involved who is doing the blaming and who is being blamed. So as we consider this, then, a red flag operation or a false flag operation can be about power in one country, a practice run for controlling the masses in another, a pure experiment or test in another, and a distraction from something else in yet another. No matter what the intent or energy pattern involves, I feel it is important to understand the true pattern at hand while not giving in to a life of fear and paranoia. I feel as we understand these types of things more, the compassionate options can be created, and we choose for our own personal selves the type of life we desire to have. It is important for us to respond and not react to these uh, as they arise, for it's likely that we're going to see a lot of these operations happening in 2016. And what type of impact have these operations had in your life? Do you find yourself swayed into emotions that are focused on fear and loss? Or are you able to keep a balance and focus on living more compassionately? And how do you feel about the growing number of these operations that are happening in the world? It's a lot to think about, and there's a lot of pieces there. And we're definitely going to be delving into a lot of this today as well as what might be behind them, what might be going on with them, and trying to get a little more to the truth and trying to get a little more about how we can work with them. Because as we know, many false flag operations out there have seemed like very real things happening. And we know that through Paris. We know that through 9-11. so many different things, and it does impact a lot of life, and it does have a huge effect on massive amounts of people. Now, the code energy for this week is about finding balance, interestingly enough, right, as I was just mentioning those very things, and it's a balance between those things in your life that you feel are in conflict. Look at those things that normally don't work together or seem to be opposing and find out how you can honor each of them, perhaps bringing even a small piece of each into the other, like the yin-yang symbol. So, for example, meeting responsibilities while operating as your soul self and being responsible in soul practices or spiritual practices. And how can you harmonize such honoring time for both? It's easy to fall into the illusion of sacrificing the spiritual in order to gain material aid. But during this time, doing that will not necessarily provide you the gain that you hoped for. And the exhaustion of that is likely to leave you unable to operate from divine self. During times like this, honoring your soul self at the start of the day and the end of the day can be very beneficial. And maximum results are achieved, as is victory, when each is getting proper attention. Now, I'm going to take a short break, and when I return, we're really going to get into this topic today, red flag operations, false flag operations, what are their codes, and what are they really about? The song I've got for you during a break today is called In the Lamplight. It's by Claire Hadeen. And if you'd like to find out more about Claire's work, you can certainly do so through her website, www.clairehadeen.com. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
welcome back. You are listening to Code Connection. My name is Jesse Ann Nichols-George, and I'm your hostess today. You were just listening to a song by Clara Hedin called In the Lamplight, and uh, you can definitely check out more of Clara's work at www.clarahedin.com. That's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. And, you know, this is going to be an exciting show today. I'm doing my own show today for those that are just tuning in. And we're looking at red flag operations, false flag operations. You know, what are they all about? What are they what are they trying to tell us, you know, because this is a big, um, you know, a really big thing that's been happening in the world. And those that listened in to my show on 2016 and what I was foreseeing, what the codes um, showed for 2016, definitely know that I touched on this a little bit in that show. And, um, and so, um, Really, we do have some points that are interesting that are going to be coming up for us during this year. And, you know, during that show, I actually touched on a point about how we have special forces and special troops that are being deployed in February. And, you know, you just don't go out and start deploying special troops. And, you know, I'm sitting in the Midwestern region uh, of the U.S., Sioux Falls, South Dakota region. And, uh, you know, in this area, there's a lot of people who do go off to war. We have a lot of war veterans here. We have a lot of people who have gone off and fought, be it Iraq or Iran or World War II or whatever it was along the way, thinking, hey, I'm off to war. I'm off to doing a great thing for my country. And, of course, this is a lot of the programming that you know, has been happening, and uh, and they've been presenting it as, as people just volunteering. Um, but I can definitely see in some of the people I know a, a tension that seems to be there beyond normal. And, you know, it's interesting because I get a chance to talk with some of these people and really find out, you know, what's happening for them and some of their perspectives and what their thoughts are on it. And, you know, it's very clear that there is not a lot that is being disclosed about this uh, time and this period and they're being deployed. So, you know, I definitely, of course, have to delve into a little bit um, about the year (laughs) and about what's happening. And what's interesting is I started to look at these things. I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, they're deploying these people and they're not going to tell them until about, um, it'll be somewhere around one to five days in their deployment, um, because I can't remember the exact date, um, and it will be in their first week, which is usually oftentimes a kind of briefing period of what's going on there, um, that they're going to start to announce a major competition in war. And I don't think that they're ready to set this war into action immediately, but um, I definitely see that we can see some of that coming up along the way and that they will be starting to prep for it. So a lot of these people are going in thinking that this is a little more of a routine thing. Hey, we're just going over doing some standard procedures, um, and they're not really realizing what they're getting into uh, this year and what they're, what they're delving into. And part of, part of this that I say 
because I actually did some very interesting research on things um, uh, with this this topic, and I'm kind of deciding here in my mind which way I want to go, but 2016 in particular actually lines up with a lot of the red flag operations that we've seen, the year 2016. And there's two factors in that that are going to be heavily involved, which I actually didn't touch on in my 2016 show, and that is we have a piece of the energy in 2016 which is going to be all about the center, this feeling that's about a call to action, and it's based around a lot of judgment. Um, People are going to feel like it's their duty or their purpose to do something, so a lot of the red flags that we have we're probably going to be more religion-based. We're probably going to see more scapegoating that's going to be happening on the Muslim culture or some of the cultures of third world countries. Uh, We're going to see a lot of that blame. But it's not, ironically, this year going to be as much about money as we've seen in the past. It's not going to be about obtaining land as much as we've seen in the past, um, which is very ironic in the process of this. Uh, Part of this year and part of what we're going to see in red flag operations this year is actually a huge key to us that is an opportunity for us to develop our spiritual nature. Now, this is an interesting twist to red flag operations, right? Because this is not the same as what we had last year or when we had 9-11 in 2001. Uh, Those were totally different energy vibrations in the years. And so what this tells me is some of these red flag operations are going to be more about, uh, you know, a purpose. There will be a certain amount of control factor, a certain amount of wanting to perhaps have dominance, have a certain culture or grouping have dominance in the world, which is why we're seeing a lot of the the racism uh, brought out on things along the way. Uh, you know, that's one of the big trigger points anyways. We're, we're trying to, um, these groups that are triggering these events are using racism as a big uh, factor in what they do. And racism actually ties in a lot. It it codes in with the Paris events that we saw go on, the Paris bombing that we saw go on. So um, the Paris bombing is an interesting thing because as these red flag operations happen, a lot of Paris joined together. And it's interesting because Paris has a code energy that is about being in charge. It's about being able to set an example for the rest of the world. So actually, on one hand, when they did the red flag operation there, um, or the, the, I should say the, you know, false flag operation there, that was the bombing there, on one hand, they got to see some of the reactions. They got to see their ability to control and dominate masses of people but what they weren't expecting was some of the spiritual comeback from the people uh, that were there. And what they, they didn't calculate into the picture when they did that bombing uh, there was the factor, the fact of the energy of Paris, France. 
<laughs> you know, what they were looking at was, hey, let's bomb an area that's known for love, right? Paris, France is known about love. Let's bomb an area that is going to be loaded with people to see if we can actually control this level of masses of people. And yet what they didn't count in is that Paris's codes actually hold control and power of the situation. So if you're going to go in and bomb an area, <laughs> you know, um, you can't bomb an area that holds the control and power <laughs> and come out ahead in the situation. You know, I, ironically, there was very few uh, major fatalities in that, uh, you know, actually given the, the massive amount of what happened there, uh, there, yes, there were injuries and things like that, uh, but it was not, uh, you know, it was not as detrimental in depth uh, as you would see if something was serious about, uh, you know, actually going after killing people uh, in that aspect. So let's let's jump back a little bit and let's look at what. Well, let me finish up with 2016 and the other reason why 2016 is going to be a, a huge aspect. Now, there's another part of 2016 in its codes, which is the strange accident and fatality pattern. And there's a lot of people that, you know, they've heard me talk about that on this show, strange accidents and fatalities. And uh, this is an interesting thing because this is about defeating plans. This is about, this pattern is about shattering things quickly, fastly, suddenly. And we saw that, you know, we saw again that example with Paris, although Paris was on a little bit of a different realm. This pattern coding that is in this um, year 2016 actually connects with 9-11's coding, and it also connects with the Boston bombing code. And so this is very, very interesting when I stop and look at it. Those were two big ones where we did see some pretty good fatalities, especially if we look at the 9-11 event, which happened on 9-11 of 2001. So we have a huge we have a huge piece there in this coding. So this whole year is going to, you know, really we're going to see a lot of it. Now the bulk of what we see uh, will actually be implemented in the fall. And and I find that also very, very interesting that uh, the fall is going to be the time of year. And it happens to be with the way the codes show up for September and October and November in particular because when we get down to that point of the time, then it does take a little bit turn and it does become more about dominance factor. It does come more into who is mentally superior. And that's what they're really going to be trying to prove with the false flag and the red flag operations uh, that we have going on. Who is the smartest person? It's like these world leaders are all going to be in competition on who can be the most powerful? Who can be um, who can be the smartest person? Who has the smartest thing? So we're going to see a little trickier, uh, perhaps, influence in here. They're going for the genius factor. <laughs> they're, they're all going to be competing for the genius factor award when it comes to these 
this year. And, you know, so that's an interesting piece. And we'll have maybe a little break in November. I think November is going to be a little bit of a break for it. September is really the month that I see probably some of the biggest action happening when we look at red flags because of the way I see the codes that are playing out there um, on there. We have a lot of codes that come up in September, actually, that are, oh, they're going to be some heavy-duty codes. And if ever there was a challenging month that was going to come up, this is going to be it. Now, like I said, we're going to see some little tests, some little trials stuff ahead of that. It's not going to be gigantic stuff ahead of that, but it's definitely going to do that. And it's very interesting because this is also happening when? It's happening, um, interestingly enough, just before our 2016 elections here in the United States. And isn't it interesting that we're going to get a break in this action during the month of elections here in the U.S.? Pretty interesting pattern to think about. But when we look at September, what we have is we have a lot of uncertainty. There's going to be a lot of um, treachery energy, a lot of deception energy, a lot of uh, trials and tribulations. And trials and tribulations are really our opportunity to shift how we're going to deal with it, anything. So September is a very, very key month for us to turn energy around in this world. Um, how are we going to handle things? That energy coding and that energy pattern has a lot of grief and a lot of deception, and it comes with a lot of warning involved in it. Um, so, you know, this is very interesting, and it, and it says from the opposite sex. And when I look at this pattern, because September is a feminine energy month, what this tells me is it tells me that it's going to be about masculine dominance. Uh, coming in there. And it tells me when we look at this grief and this deception, you know, here again, we're going to get very heavy into the blaming game with this. Um, you know, this is going to be, this particular month is going to show us who can create the biggest smoke screen and the biggest feasible <laughs> scapegoat when they're really the ones that are doing stuff. Um, and, and that's interesting. I wish I had had time to just really code out every single country for this show, but we're going to be looking at some of those other pieces along the way this year, uh, the, the dynamics of world leaders and things like that. Um, so those are going to be an upcoming shows, and we will be bringing those pieces in along the way uh, on this. But September's coding is very, very heavy, on this energy pattern of unexpected danger, um, unreliable friends. So, you know, it's very heavy in this grief and this deception. And, and it is. It's going to be about masculine power. So we're probably going to need to look at who's going to be the big trigger in this. Well, who's trying to maintain the greatest um, masculine power in the world? And that's going to lead us to some of our countries like Iran and Iraq. It's going to lead us to some of our countries like China um, and, you know, these areas where we've got some very dominant people that want to hold that heavy masculine control. They don't, they don't uh, you know, the countries where we don't see the respect for women. 
and where that they're already trying to suppress women. Uh, those are the countries that are likely to be have the greatest involvement. Now, of course, the U.S. here, we just like to get involved in everybody's business <laughs> for the most part, right? We, we're just like that. Yeah, let us go ahead and fight everybody's wars and battles and things like that. But I think also in the U.S. we have to keep in mind there there is a strong, as open as we are about a lot of things, there is still a very strong, heavy patriarchal rule. And those that have... Uh, listen to my 2000 or to my presidential candidate show when I looked at that back in the fall, and and our U.S. president candidates back there. I talked about you know that we do have these these female candidates. But the likelihood of them actually getting elected in 2016 is is not so strong. And we you know of course we might see that vice president as a female candidate, but we're too close to moving into the feminine energy sphere right now for them to totally let go of that control in there. So so September, we're now starting to piece these together, and we can see through the codes where the, the wars are most likely to break out, where they're, uh, you know, I think Putin is probably going to be a big player in this game in September, uh, one way or another in there. Uh, he's got his hands in a lot of things, you know, regularly there's still, you know, nuclear bombs going off <laughs> on these sorts of things. And he definitely comes up, uh, part of his coding comes up with with this whole connection. Uh, if he's involved, he's certainly not going to be acting alone, and he's certainly probably not going to be the top dog in the situation. Um, that we can be pretty certain of along the way from what I see in this. Now, I'm also seeing some very predominant dates that are standing out to me in September uh, that I think we're going to want to pay attention to. I think 929 is going to be absolutely huge, as is um, 911 is also going to be huge. Uh, we actually have this this huge repeating of energy, but on this, this other pattern um, that's the big deception pattern. So the question is, are they going to risk doing another 9-11 piece because that is, uh, uh, you know, an aspect that they, in a sense, they've already done, but it is, a, it is falling into uh, patterns that work. Uh, if, if we see something happen on 9-11, it's really going to be religious-based, I'll tell you that right now, because the 9-11 energy in it is going to be a major attempt for silencing uh, religion-based aspects, Christian-based religion. Um, it will be an attack that will be in that direction. Um, and it will probably be somebody who appears uh, to be religious or things like that, and actually maybe isn't. Uh, when I start to look at those kinds of, of pieces that are in there, uh, this is definitely going, you know, that would definitely be a, a date that we would see government taking rule over um, church. And and that's a whole other show I'm going to have coming up too about church and state <laughs> in there. But it's it's definitely going to be silencing. There's, there, I think there's going to be a big focus at that time, more so than maybe an actual 
red flag operation, I think there's going to be a big push on 9-11 to try to silence those people who are speaking the truth. I think we're going to see a lot of people around that time uh, step out, and this could, this will include celebrities who decide they're going to take a spiritual uh, uh, path, and they're going to start to speak up about maybe Illuminati things or whatever is going on in those realms, and they decide they don't want to play the game. We'll probably see a lot happening to that. So 9-11, I think, is really going to be more about trying to silence people, and I think it's going to be more about um, trying to settle down those people who maybe aren't in and approving of the bigger agendas that are going on. Now, the big date I think we have to watch out for is going to be September 29th. Um, That date codes just boom, 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 this massive amount of unexpected danger. Now, I'm rambling these things off, and I know there's people out there that are going, oh, my gosh, you know, this is a big thing to be thinking about and, and things like that. And we have to keep in mind what happens on that is going to be dealing with it's going to take a lot of planning to put into motion. And, again, these are things that are starting off already coming up in February. And, you know, when we look at it, Paris was, again, it was a trial run. We look at these things over and over again, and I think there's actually very few things out there that are just flat-out war, (laughs) you know, in there. Uh, You know, all of these things are tests along the way, and a lot of red flag operations, and and I want to delve into the codes a little bit on that because let's look at what those are about. Both red flag and false flag operations code out, ironically, to be the same code. Um, And and that comes up very interesting. They are are identical, almost identical in their coding. And red flag operations has to do more with our Air Force team. It has to be, um, it's done more with training. And and we see this, and what they'll do is they'll tell people, oh, you're going to go out on a training mission. You're going to go out and... This will just be a little trial run to get you some experience for the real deal should that ever come up. Well, you know, (laughs) you don't really train for things unless you're anticipating doing it. If you're not going to go to war, you don't need to train for war, right? It's, It's a very simple principle in here. And what we have under this is we have a couple of different components. And the one variation about red flag operations from false flag operations when we look at the coding is false flag operations, red flag operations, excuse me, red flag operations are about ways that they can silence. Again, they're going to be more religion. It's a little more stealth, as you might say, thus the stealth bomber that was created, right, to use in red flag operations and to use in battle and to use in war. It's hidden. It's hidden things that are coming out. Uh, the, the red flag is, is the mystery. It's the unexpected piece, so to say. And that's a very interesting when we look at that. It is um, it's the treachery piece. It's treachery from others. So... When we look at this, we we look at the red flag piece really being about wanting to silence. 
So when we see our airplanes involved, which we haven't seen a lot of the airplanes involved, we haven't seen a lot of the, the Air Force heavily involved, um, but we do see that in, you know, we do see the plane activity when they're spraying, say, chemicals in the air. And they're doing these, you know, these the, the sprays that they're, they do with that. And we see the chemtrails, for example. Um, it's very, very interesting to see that happening. And that chemtrail aspect is about silencing people. It is about getting them quiet to where they're not real functional and they can um, not say a lot <laughs> in there. You know, there is that piece to it. Now, we look at false flag operations, and one of the components with false flags comes right back to the year 2016 and part of the energy there, which, again, is about, um, you know, that judgment. It's about that call to action. So a lot of the false flag operations, what they're going to be laying on people, particularly this year, is this is your duty, this is your purpose in here. Now, the interesting thing about that coding um, that, that, that does it is, you know, in that coding, it, it really is this, on one hand, not mean about the worldly success factor, um, and it is about a testing ground because it is about we're, we're not going to put the real thing into action until later piece, but it's also got a partnership piece to it, both the red flag and the false flag operations do in there. But here again, it's about our opportunity to, de to develop our spiritual side. So imagine... If instead of falling into some of these aspects of fear and paranoia and things like that, um, we turn to compassion, we turn to love, we turn to working from a spiritual place, okay? And that spiritual place, oftentimes, when I look at it and I say, you know, so many of us get wrapped up in the fear and we get wrapped up in the pity and we get wrapped up in the tragedy of things. And yes, there have definitely been some huge tragedies involved in false flag operations along the way. Um, but we get wrapped up in the whole media hype about it. And we get, we get pulled into um, division and racism and these sorts of things, uh, which they're trying to get. They're trying to stimulate that reaction. And why do you stimulate a reaction? You stimulate a reaction to try to control people, to find out where they need to refine and perfect. But if we made a shift, and if instead of reacting, we came together, instead of buying into factors of racism and factors of hate and factors of competition, which were programmed so heavily for competition and the time we're born into this world, right? How can you be better? How can you be the best? How do you make number one? How do you do this? How do you, you know, how, how do you outsmart your competition? How do you be the smartest, the best, the, uh, that, the most beautiful, whatever? There's so much competition programmed in to our daily lives. And so it's very natural for us to oftentimes make those reactions and things. But if instead we stopped and we came from a compassionate place, 
and we stopped and we shifted this vibration and instead of getting wrapped up in the media hype, we connected with spirit. We connected with divine presence. And, and if we were doing more of this on a daily basis, we would be shifting the earth and our world in incredible vibrations. And I know for some people, they just say, oh, come on. You know, you're going to tell me a little bit of meditation every day is going to change the world. Well, you know what? You know, maybe 15 minutes out of the day isn't enough just to change the world, but the more that we put our thoughts into compassionate living, the more that we put our hearts into loving spaces, and the more we function in this space as part of our daily life, understanding people, understanding that we don't see the bigger picture in things 99.99999% of the time, until we get really consciously active about realizing there's something else there. There's something bigger there that we just might not know about. And do we really have to know about it? No, because it doesn't really matter what the reason is. It's up to us to operate in that compassionate space. And the more of us that do, the fewer of these operations there's going to be, the fewer control tactics there is going to be in this world. We talked about balance earlier, and balance is a huge thing. And it's always about where are the scales tipped. Are they tipped 51% on the hate side or 51% on the love side? And that's where the energy flows. And that's what we're going to see. And there have been times in our world where it has been a little more loving. It hasn't been so heavy on the military and all of these factors in our life. And it's up to us to put it back there. You know, sometimes we just need to put that cell phone down. Sometimes we need to walk away from the computer. And we need to get back out into nature. And we need to get back into just caring about one another. I say this because this is a big piece. I'm not here to promote fear. I'm not here to make us all worry about what might happen on September 11th or September 29th or any other date here. But I do want you to be aware because knowing that perhaps something may happen on those dates and it could be a tragedy and it could be a tough time and it is going to probably be designed to trigger certain things. Then we also know that we can shift some of that because the more all of us operate in this other space, greater chance we have of reducing those things from ever happening. It's like anything in this world. You take a few precautions if you set a few things in place if you take a little extra time going someplace, you're a lot less likely to get in an accident, right? If you head off and you get into your car to drive wherever, whether it's a vacation or whether it's to work, and you leave yourself plenty of time to get there and you're not aggravated because you've stopped and you've taken a few minutes to collect yourself and center into your heart space, you're probably not going to get into an accident. I mean, shy of it being flat-out destiny, you chose it for your soul to end a certain way, (laughs) it's not going to probably happen because your energy is relaxed. 
connected, it's brought together in presence. Now, going on with the energy of these vibrations and, and what these operations are about, these operations are about shaking up our everyday life and they're about shaking up our foundation. And then they want to, in the process of all of this, prove to us, look at how lucky you were. <laughs> That's what red flag and false flag operations are. Then you're not, again, really designed to totally hurt in a way, a little bit, but not totally hurt in a way. They're more designed to prove to you how lucky you are. But more often than not, too, in this, what we have is we have an aspect of people who want to carry out their own purpose and things. So it's a mystery purpose. It's not the out and the open purpose. And it gives them a chance to come out and show their personal magnetism in the process of all of this. And so when these codes are coming together this way, we have it, it is about putting people in suffering and mental anxiety, a.k.a. stress and worry and fear, okay? And it's about carrying out their own hidden agenda in this. So false flight operations are like that big smoke screen. They're like the dangling carrot ball. They're going, look here, look here, look here, while I implement this other thing <laughs> that you can't see. I'm going to stage it. It's kind of like saying, hey, I uh, want to have total control. We're, going to, we're seeing this, like, for example, with the gun law. Okay? Gun law is a good example. There's, there's, uh, Obama's got a few things that he's trying to implement with that right now. As in, okay, let's put greater restrictions on, on you having guns. And, you know, whether you agree with the gun law or not is maybe not the big point here. But the point is, hey, I'm going to create this little thing to happen to show you how unsafe the world is for you to be in. And therefore, I need to be able to protect you better. But I can't protect you if you've got all your guns. <laughs> and it's kind of this piece of actually what I want to do is, and I'm not saying Obama specifically, some of the bigger elite they, proverbial they, whether you want to say that's the ruling class of the world, the people with the money or whatever, uh, um, they like to use the government and, and different forces uh, for their own agendas and purposes. They want to be able to come in, seize your home at any time, for example, and to, um, to be able to just come in and take over. Uh, we saw this implemented. Now, movies and things like that oftentimes tell us what their very hidden agendas are. We're kind of in Red Dawn times. If anybody remembers the movie Red Dawn, uh, you know, that was a big one. I think if I'm right, and I could be wrong, but maybe I think Patrick Swayze was in that movie uh, in there. But Red Dawn was a good example of some of the times that were in right now. And of course, Red Down ties up with some of the red flag operation energy uh, as well. 
And when we look at the coding of Red Dawn, it's about placing people in suffering, mental anxiety, fear, strange accidents, and fatalities. Wow, what a surprise. <laughs> right? What a surprise about that. So anyways, if you had guns in your possession, it would make it dangerous for them to come barging into your home. <laughs> right? But you're not going to give up your guns easily. Uh, with that, you're not going to say, oh, sure, just come barge into my home, like, you know, like we've seen in other countries who like to maintain control. We've seen, we heard uh, Dr. Robert Ogle talk about that uh, even in his country of Africa, um, you know, life and times in a war zone and uh, this type of thing. So, you know, it does actually happen in other countries. And so what better way for us to be able to step in and do something like that uh, than if we take your guns away. But since you're not going to give your guns up easily, then we need to create a way that makes you afraid of guns and say, look at what a bad thing guns are. You know, these people are going into a theater and they're shooting people. Look, these, these people went off and they, they shot innocent children. Well, of course, you know, when they start to track some of these things down, rarely were any of those guns purchased legally or tracked <laughs> or any of those things. And the people that are you know, moving this stuff aren't exactly doing it on the books. Let's face reality here uh, on these things. So the whole key is, is, is let's create this mass fear and paranoia and let us show you that we need to have total control of your life so that, uh, you know, and, 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 and better yet, because of the way that darker so-called polarity energy, negative energy, whatever term you want to use. Some people like to say evil works. Uh, you know, it has to be invited. You have to give it up willingly. You have to give them permission to do this. Now, there's a concept. You have to give them permission. But you're not going to just flat out give them permission to do these things, right? So what happens is we end up giving them permission by reacting, by getting into fear, by saying, oh, yes, let me turn over all of my rights to you so that you can do this. Yes, I'll give up my rights. I'll give up my right to bear arms. I'll give up my right to choose my health care. I'll give up my right to, to have the option to see a doctor or not see a doctor. I'll give up my right to this. I'll give up my right to that. And before you know it, you've given up all your rights. And it's not something that we can afford to give up in this world. It's a big, big thing to think about in here. Okay? Um, mass fear. Exact same coding as Red Dawn. That movie was designed to create mass fear. It wasn't about entertainment at all. It was about mass fear in things. Okay? Um, paranoia. Paranoia is another thing that runs rampant with false flag operations and red flag operations. And paranoia is really about responsibility. You know, we need to step up and take responsibility. And because of the coding that we have, again, what we do know and what does offer us some hope in this and remind us that we do have the control and the power is it means we need to step into our spiritual self. 
people talk about 2016 being the big pivot year because of a nine vibration, because of this numerological factor and so on and so forth. Okay, if it's the big pivoting year that a lot of people are saying, then we need to keep that in mind in the sense that this is our opportunity to step more into our spiritual self. This is our opportunity to take a stand with divine connection. It's really simple as that. And these things, again, they're, they're giving us these opportunities to do it. Responsibility, when we look at responsibility along with needing to focus on the spiritual way of life, because uh, when we look at that big pattern that we have running through the year that runs through all of these red flag operations sorts of things, um, it is all about having to develop the spiritual self. And things will get put on hold, and we will hit trials and tribulations until we do that. Now, some people on previous shows, they've heard me talk about addictions. Addictions is a really big thing this year um, because here again, addictions are about turning over control. We need to get ourselves, or we will benefit by getting ourselves to a point where we are letting go of all the addictions we can. Those are not patterns we want to carry forth. I'm not saying have total deprivation in your life. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you got to go off and be, you know, a monk someplace and have the solitude life. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that you don't want things to control you. You don't want to be at that point that you can't walk down the candy aisle in the store and say no. Okay? That's an addiction. Addiction to people, addiction to places, addiction to things. We have all kinds of addictions. And what happens if people are not going to let go of their addictions, and this year in particular, they're going to experience the greater trials and tribulations. They're going to experience greater delays. They're going to have harder times in the material world. The choice is ours, and it's always ours. And our choice is something that no matter what happens in the outer world, cannot be taken away. Nobody can take away your choice. Nobody can take away your real tools and your real power, which is all inside of yourself. And when we realize that abundance that we carry, Nothing that we absolutely need in this world or any other place can ever truly be taken from us because it's within. We're going to make a big turning point. Now, when we look at the pattern of fear, what is fear? Fear is that strange accident fatality pattern. And what happens is by putting people in fear, which is what a lot of these false flag operations do, then people actually create more accidents and things to happen. It is that fear that triggers people to have accidents on the road, to have accidents uh, with shootings, to have the drugs go wrong in their system, whatever it is to be in a place where things happen. Um, and and that's, that's really what it's about. And, and we hear it all the time. Our thoughts, our feelings, 
Um, this is part of why the law attraction people are coming out so big right now is that what you think you're going to create. So if our government, if our world leaders, if the other elite people who, who hold a lot of the resources on this earth can generate fear in us, and we allow ourselves to go into those spaces of fear because of these things that happen in the outer world, then what we do is we actually generate and feed their power through our fear. We feed it because we create more things to happen. We give to that energy every time we're in fear. And all these these operations that they put out there, they're looking for that reaction. What is going to make you afraid? What is going to make you give them what they want, so to say? It's, it kind of reminds me, you know, a lot of times of the cartoon, the Dr. Seuss cartoon, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. <laughs> Nothing like lightening it up with a cartoon, you know, analogy, right? <laughs> In the middle of everything. And the Grinch took and the Grinch took and the Grinch took from the people. And he thought he could just ruin their Christmas, right? He thought he could take the spirit out by taking all the material things away from them. But you know what? In, the, in that movie, they gathered together and they sang. And they came together and they tuned in to the spirit of the season anyway. And as we know in that cartoon movie, it eventually helped him to find his own heart. And in his own heart, so many things melted and turned. And it's a great example that when we are willing to join together in heart and when we're willing to realize that the happiness, that the connection, that the spirit, that the real power has nothing to do with the material things in this world. We will also melt the heart of those people who are trying to implement these things. We will remind them of their heart. And I think this is such a big thing to remember in this year. Let this be the year that red flag operations, that we become the wise ones, that we operate with mental superiority, and that we start melting these icy, cold, materialistic hearts. We hold that power, and it doesn't matter how much money you have or how beautiful you are or what car you drive or how big your home is or what vacation you can take. You hold that power. And for every person that chooses to stand in that, the greater that light is going to shine and the stronger it's going to become and the more other people will be affected by it. It's you. And you have that power alone within you. Paranoia, responsibility, is the pattern that comes up, and it's about looking deep within ourselves. And 
these things are going to show us these red flag operations. Where are we afraid? And it's just like anything that comes up on our spiritual path. We look at this over and over again, right? Something triggers us. And it triggers and it comes to the surface because we need to deal with it. We're, doing, we're not being responsible somehow in that area. And paranoia is the same thing. It's the fear in there of, that generates and that happens because we take the advice of other people. Fast speculations, as they call it. Okay? And that's one piece of it. But even more than that is paranoia sets in when we lose faith, when we lose hope. Because paranoia is about taking away promise and possibility and showing that there's no hope for the future. It is about breaking our trust and our ability to trust. And it's about creating competition. Now, this is a big thing. If they can establish a mass paranoia into the world, oh, oh my goodness. You know, paranoia is about giving up hope. Because if we give up hope, if we give up the possibility for a better future, and we buy into this programming, that there is no hope for our future and we can't do anything about it and that we have to live in this fear, okay? We've completely separated from our one true source of hope, divine. Paranoia is where we turn our lives over. And paranoia, again, is achieved also through competition, but, again, that responsibility piece. It's about listening to people. It's about listening to the media. <laughs> Don't listen to the media all the time. They're operating by somebody else's command. And, and they're fed the pieces of information that they're going to tell you in order to trigger a response. The wars, the bombings, all these things have been going on for centuries, far longer than a lot of things on earth. But this paranoia that's going to try to be created is all because we need to step up and be responsible in this world. We need to take care of our earth. And I've got a show coming up on that as well this year. Okay? And it's because we listen to somebody else and we allow them to put these thoughts in our head that we need to be afraid Choice is yours. Destruction could be happening all around you, but you don't have to buy into the fear. You don't have to buy into the competition. Okay? You've got to get centered in your heart. And the way we get out of paranoia is we center into our heart and we listen to our self, our divine self. And when we tune into our true self, our spiritual self, our God self, right? There's no fear there. It doesn't exist there. 
We can't have it. It's a big thing, and it's a powerful thing. When we look at hidden agendas, and hidden agendas take a couple of different things to happen. Why do they do hidden agendas? Well, the very nature of hidden agendas shows a partnership that is involved, and it's people that are working together. Usually one person is higher up, and they're promising promotion or something to somebody, and it's because there's success energy in that. So if they toss a false flag or red flag operation in motion, there's going to be a hidden agenda, right? That's the best way to do it because you can't have success oftentimes with something if everybody knows what you're going to do. If everybody knows that you're going to bomb a certain country on a certain date and time, you're probably not going to be real successful at it, are you? (laughs) No, you're not. But if you create this other little distraction going on, and then you implement your thing. Nobody knows that you've hardly implemented it, and you get absolute success. This is why they'll say a lot of times, don't talk about what you're going to do. You know, it's a two-way street. You have to really know, right? If you are going to talk, you really better know who you're talking to and make sure that they're really, truly going to support you in it. Okay? Uh, and, again, you have to have people working together. You have to have people that are willing to implement those false flags while you put these other things in motion. You can't do both of them at the same time on your own. So that means there has to be a partnership alliance in that. Okay? Now, when we bring that together and we bring together that partnership and that success energy in there, and and that success energy, um, you know, ironically also can stem from not being real grounded in the world, you know, kind of what we call the fool's paradise pattern, uh, false judgment um, sort of thing, a warning for the future, as they say. Uh, and, and that comes from just not being grounded in the real world. And, and that's oftentimes where some of these things don't work out. But when we bring this all together, interestingly enough, what we find is it goes on to the energy pattern of revolution, upheaval, strife and creating failure for people. So the real hidden agendas are always going to be about a huge upheaval and strife. Uh, They're going to be a revolution. They're going to be something that prevents people from having success. So some pretty pretty interesting thoughts in that uh, aspect, you know, um, in there. Now, reactions, what reactions are about, reaction, reaction, um, when we look at those two pieces, we have two key components that come up, and that is putting people in a financial detriment, and it's putting people in competition with each other. And this is why I have been enforcing about stay out of competition so much lately. Because what happens, and, they, and, and 
I'll tell you right now, racism is the big competition factor that they're using. And what is racism about? It's about pitting people against opposite sources. It's about the movement, actually, of uh, resources, and it's about business. So if they can put people in competition with each other, they can do the business that they want. And it's about risk and it's about danger. So here again, when we involve these pieces, what do we need to do? We need to come back and err on the side of caution, okay? It's so easy to trigger racism, so easy to trigger racism because it's been involved in just about everything out there, right? But if we react and we get into competition, again, we are pulled out of the divine space. So it's very important to stop and say, you know, when we, we hear these things, and, and I believe very strongly that, yes, if you want to say it, Black Lives Matter, I understand the, the pattern behind that campaign, but I keep coming back to these people and saying all lives matter. It's not just blacks or Indians or Chinese or Japanese or Americans or whoever. All lives matter on this earth. So, Every time you start to feel yourself engage in competition, business is set up to compete. And this is why it's important whether you are working for somebody, whatever job you're holding, whether you're doing your own practice and things, we stop competing. Do your best. Keep refining and putting your best work out there, yes. But don't make it a competition and don't get sucked into this piece because that's what they want you to do. They want you to compete. Competition is a big fat lie, basically. You want to look at it that way. Competition is one of the greatest illusions there is because when we are in divine energy, when we are in divine self, there's no competition because it sees the beauty and the value and it understands everything. It's just like saying, hey, this flag, flag, all flag operations are more about us learning how to be in our spiritual self. They're more about, the fear is more about taking caution. This fear and these paranoias and these things are about us being responsible. And likewise, because we carry that power of choice, we have the power to react or not react. And when you feel yourself reacting, stop and go off and connect. Because if you're reacting, you're entering competition. And if you're in competition, you've got a separation from divine. Okay? Key things to have going on here. And this is a big focus I really, really encourage you on. Think about all the areas that you compete with, right? We even compete in our own family. We compete amongst our friends. And we look at it and say, it's just a friendly competition. I mean, that's like saying it's just a little white lie. <laughs> a lie is a lie. A competition is a competition. Instead, just focus on being what you can be in that moment. The divine doesn't care how much makeup you have or whether you get a boob job done or a face lift or a toupee 
doesn't care whether your hair is blonde or brown or golden or white or anything else. Because it's all beautiful. And it, and, it, and it can see the value in all of it. But the mind doesn't compete. You know, we've got this big illusion in the world, and I know I'm going to create a show on that too, <laughs> among the other things. This good versus evil, right? And, and, and that's another big thing they use for a reaction. We're the good guys. Well, if everybody's the good guys, then what are we doing fighting? What are we doing in war if we're all the good guys? Right? Think about it. Good doesn't compete. It doesn't fight. The angels don't carry swords to do battle. Absolutely not. We forget these things, living in a human existence. Because we've been programmed our happiness is outside of ourselves. We've been programmed that we have to have what our neighbors have. We've been programmed about a lot of things, but now it's time to remember. And it's time to break some of these patterns that the false flag operations are about. And that requires us operating from spirit. It doesn't take much because... Each connection we have, we create such an incredible flow. An incredible flow. And to realize that, you know, it's okay if people have different preferences in the world. It's okay if one person likes vanilla ice cream and somebody else likes chocolate and somebody else likes strawberry. And somebody else doesn't even like ice cream, they like gelato. It's okay. We don't need to have a competition to figure out which one's the best because none of them are. There is no best. There is no greatest out there. There's a lot of great things, but there's no great test. There's maybe best for us, but there's no real best. Big things to keep in mind here. Okay. A big aspect, and when we look at things uh, and various motives behind some of these things, and there's been a lot of talk about genocide, that red flag operations and some of these hidden agendas and battles and wars are legal genocide. Let's depopulate the earth. Then we can claim we're helping the earth out by depopulating it. You know, here again, coming back to, yeah, as long as my religion or my belief or my country or my people or my race is the one that survives. Genocide actually brings in an energy that, again, is about partnerships. So these genocide aspects, again, cannot be implemented alone. It takes other people, right? When we saw some of those happening in the in the countries over the last couple of years. Not one person going around doing all that stuff. They've got to work with other people. It takes other people to implement it. Bombs and bombing are a big method that's used, whether it is, (laughs) you know, our Asian countries that like to 
set off the nuclear bombs all the time, which they just got their little hands slapped about that in the last two days, right? But again, <laughs> sanctions imposed, as they say, right? Uh, you know, it seems to be the big method, whether it's been Paris, whether it's been uh, going to war, whether it's been 9-11, whether it's been a lot of things, uh, whether it's Boston events, whatever it is, bombing seems to be a big piece of it. And, you know, here again, if we look at the energy of bombs, uh, you know, why would that be a tool? Well, bombs are representative of materialism striving to destroy the spiritual. It's about quarrels. It's about upheaval. It's about revolution. It's about money. Money that happens through wars, quarrels, arguments. Uh, of course, the risk in this is what it does to our elements. Every time we set a bomb off, whatever kind of bomb it is, we're creating danger to our elements, which is another reason why we don't want to see these things. We don't want to have them happening in our world. It's also the warning for us Take care. Take caution. And what are we taking care and caution about? That we don't let materialism overpower the spiritual. That's what bonds are about. You know, if we were to go back and look at biblical prophecies and various things like this and what was being done, well, the the warning is this is a very specific tool. Bonds and bonding in the world is a warning and a code that is saying, hey, hello, wake up, the material is trying to destroy the spiritual. And that ties right in with artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence, material thing, trying to destroy spiritual. That should wake us up. Understanding these codes should wake us up and say all of these components are about breaking down our spiritual divine connection. Oh, it's time to get back into the heart. It's time to get back to compassion. And the prophecies say compassion is the way. I love that my message is compassion. I love that that's a gift that I have to bring into the world. Because it's what's going to turn this world around. And I have every confidence about that. And I have every knowing that if we choose that path, we will turn this world around. And we don't have to go through living in fear. And we don't have to have our homes rampaged. And we don't have to keep seeing these red flag operations. If we were operating with love and compassion, for all the other human beings on the face of this earth, we wouldn't have racism. We wouldn't be able to be manipulated by these things. It's time to let go of them. Let go of the differences. Let go of whatever ancestors did to whatever ancestors. We have countries that have been battling each other for thousands of years. And this is, <laughs> you know, huge. But that doesn't mean we have to follow. 
That doesn't mean we have to keep carrying it out. We can turn it around to us. Blame and blaming. The blame game is another big factor involved when we look at red flag operations, right? Oh, no, no, our own government couldn't have orchestrated 9-11. Look, it was those terrorists from that other country over there. Oh, no, no, we couldn't have done that. It was the Muslims. Oh, no, no, China did that. Russia did that. That wasn't us, right? And then all those countries are blaming somebody else. Blame, 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 blame. What's that blame about? Guess what? Blame is right back to hidden agendas. (laughs) Go figure that, right? Blame is right back to false flag operations. It's a cover-up. As soon as you're pointing fingers at somebody, you're engaging in competition, as soon as you're pointing fingers, there's something you're not being responsible for, taking accountability for. There's something you're hiding. There's a bigger purpose there. It's about drama. Things about drama. That's a good that's a good thing. It's about drama and attention. Think of the drama queen. It's only the drama queen that's gonna put the big blaming fingers. Look at this, look at what a victim I am. Look at this, you know, look at me, pay attention to me. And what's that about? Getting money, gifts, and favors. (laughs) If I blame you and I become the victim, I get help, right? I get resources. We got to watch out for the smooth talkers. And we got to watch out for these dramatic personalities. And we got to watch out for those people who are pointing fingers and blaming in this world. We have a lot of red flag operations probably coming our way this year. But we don't have to have them. And we don't have to let them destroy our lives. And we don't have to lose our faith and our hope, and we don't have to live in fear about these things. All we have to do is come from soul self. And I want to take a minute. It just hit me like a bomb. (laughs) I'm that for an analogy. And a bomb, you know, in and of itself is about turning things around, right? We've got some pretty big dates, and I could pull dates from every month about what's going to happen. And I'm, of course, going to be watching and seeing, oh, you know, what happens come this fall, September, you know, how convenient that they'll have a whole bunch of things to handle and take care of and, and show what they're going to prove they can do as President of the United States in the midst of all these happenings in the world. Right? But I want to take a little moment here before I close out the show today. And I want you all just, whether you're listening in the archives or you're listening live, 
I want you to just take a couple of breaths with me. Deep breaths. And close your eyes for a minute. Just close your eyes for a minute. And I want you to think about how often you engage in competition. I want you to think about how many of these red flag operations we've had. Very few things have been real. They've almost all been red flag operations. And I want you to think about what your reactions have been to them and the reactions you've seen and how much the media has enabled and fueled the fire of reactions. And it's also okay to tune in for a moment to the many lives that were innocently, so-called, affected because they were in a building going to work that day. Because they were participating in a concert or big public event. Be afraid of gathering is the message we bomb you in a big crowd. You're going to be afraid to gather with people. And realize what a dark world that feels like. Be afraid to go there. We need to feel that to a certain extent. And in holding that thought now, I want you to turn, and in that darkness, I want you to consciously say to yourself and say to what you're feeling, this is only an illusion, and I choose divine spirit, divine presence. I choose to stand in divine light, not as competition, but as unity this harmony, and this balance. And I choose this because I choose not to be in the fear. I choose not to be in the engage in the battles and the competition and the blaming. And I choose not to support those things through my reaction. I choose to operate with my own soul self, with my own divine presence in harmony and connection with every other person because I know in awakening this space in my heart right now that I'm impacting every other heart to awaken to this same loving vibration. Feel or picture all of these hearts around the world waking up because you are choosing to be in that space because you are choosing compassion. Because you're choosing to treat people well no matter what. Because you're choosing happiness. You're choosing peace. And you're choosing love. And feel that awakening spreading, feel that light coming through. 
feel that light being your world now. Imagine what it's like to live in a world that's full of compassion, where the hatred set aside, the weapons are laid down, And when you turn on the news, you hear of a blessing and a good deed that's done. And everywhere you go, people are helping one another, caring. You're coming from their heart. Because there's a lot of people that think that that's what they're getting. And that's what they're really seeking. But it takes somebody to be willing to like that and to be that. Because when we are that, the flame will jump. The flame will catch on. What if the fire that was to take over the world was the fire of love instead of the earth being destroyed by fire? How incredible would that be? And take a moment and just from your heart send it out there and say, this is what I choose. I choose the compassion. I choose a loving world. And I choose to be in this state. Not in denial or suppression or anything else, anything I feel that I choose to come from it all with love. And just put that out there. Hey, Divine, we're on board with you. I think every one of us listening to this program is. We've got hope in the world, but we can't sit by passively listening watching. And the action isn't in the big revolution. It isn't in war to solve war. The action is in divine connection. I think I've given you a lot to think about in this show. Ah, Deep breaths, right? Breathe it through. We don't have to buy into this. And this doesn't have to be our world. And we can minimize it. And I would love for these things not to show up. And I would love that when they do, that we really have unity. Not in anger, not in reaction, but from our hearts. Next week on my show, I'm going to have Michelle Mayer with me on this show, and she's going to be sharing her number one bestseller internationally book, Embraced by the Divine, A Woman's Gateway, Power, Passion, and Purpose. And I'm very excited for her to share with you um, because I got to endeavor in this project with her as a collaborator. And there was so much behind, and some of you may have remembered uh, long before this project started, I had Michelle on my show uh, working with an ISIS love transmission and work 
and um, we really had a lot of listeners that loved what she did on that show. And uh, I'm, I'm very happy to have her come back and be with us again and share this new project that she's been involved in and that we've been actively putting out into the world. So I think you're really going to want to listen into that and listen to the journey that's been involved in that <laughs> for us because it's, it's a huge uh, opening to helping people get through things. Um, you can find out about my work, also Embraced by the Divine. I've got a, a page of collaboration work where that is listed on my website. Uh, as well as any events I have going on, uh, my monthly special on there. Right now my monthly special is if you register and participate in the full day or full weekend event. Uh, at the end of this month, January 30th and 31st, uh, you will receive a free code interpretation of how your energy flows with the days of 2016. Uh, so that's a big thing there. And uh, it's got all the archive shows. It's got my monthly videos on there. Um, where that have little tips about them and thoughts about them and talking about codes of different things on there. Uh, so uh, all the archive shows are on my page of the Main Street Universe tab on my website. And you can check out all of these things there. It's jessianniclesgeorge1.com. So products, services, the whole schmoozle is there. And I also want to remind you we've got several shows here on Main Street Universe throughout the week. Uh, we've got... Um, Janice, who's been doing her own show, she's getting that going and getting that started. And matter of fact, she's going to have me on as a guest coming up. I believe it's January 19th, but coming up very soon. Um, again, also on my, my website, you're going to find uh, where I have some upcoming interviews. I actually have two listed on the 19th, two listed on the 27th. Um, I have some interviews uh, coming up in February, one where I'm a regular guest on David Clark Cowdery's show. Uh, and that's going to be really great. I have uh, on the 27th, I'll be with Luella, will be one of the people I'll be uh, in the interview on. I'm also going to be in the Awaken to Happiness Now teleseminar, uh, which is going on, run by Shafali Burns. I'll be participating in season nine of that, and there's some incredible things there. So you're going to want to watch for, for stuff coming up. If you're on my mailing list, you'll be seeing. Uh, a link to that. There's a lot of wonderful promotions and gifts that are being given away through that uh, for you to take advantage of. Um, and that will, my, I'll actually be on in March with that. So uh, lots of things there. We have our flagship show Wednesday nights, uh, Tuesday nights. Susan Weed uh, is usually on, sharing her work in herbs and natural plants. We also have several people who are going to be doing shows once a month. Kevin Baird also pops his head in and out, working with his new companion work. Uh, creation that he created in there. So uh, lots of things happening here on the network, which are really fun and exciting. Uh, Daniel's always bringing interesting people on and talking about different things as well. But hey, this is Jesse Ann Nichols-George, and I want to thank you so much for being here today. Code Connection is on Fridays, of course. And I want to say again, thank you to all of our listeners, not only on Blog Talk Radio, but those that are streaming live through Penn, known as Care Encounters Network. Finder, Talk Stream Live, and those catching our podcast at iTunes, tunein.com, and also those catching the YouTube version of the show. Give me a couple of weeks to get that up because I've been a little hectic and a little busy lately, but I will get it up within the next couple of weeks, the archive version of this show for YouTube. Uh, in the meantime, you can share the link that you use to get into 
the live show today. Uh, it'll be available as an archive and available immediately in a few minutes here as soon as we finish that people will be able to listen to it. And I look forward to seeing you, by the way, back here next week as we delve more into Code Connection. I'm going to leave you today with the song Yearning For, also known as Over and Over. It's by Shemshai. And, um, you know, again, thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you again next week right here on Code Connection. May you enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a truly amazing week. And if I could see what makes me blind, I would soar to the edge of my mind. And to touch what seems unreal, just to show you the way that I feel. And we are in time with time, one with season of change inside. And we are in tune with the two, caught in a balance of sun and moon.
Learning to walk just a little bit slower 